I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you, mate. It's um, Masters hangover, I suppose. Um, bit of a non-event in the end, which is not Scotty Scheffler's fault. That's uh, an amazing performance by himself. Made it boring for us, but exciting for him. And, um, you know, it's richly deserved after four wins and six starts now. Nobody could have predicted that, could they? Unbelievable. Literally unbelievable. You know, everyone everyone knew the first one was coming after all those WGCs and the major top efforts. It's an incredible effort. You know, what else can you say? He's, he served his apprenticeship, didn't he, for a long time before, probably over the top of just getting that first regular win. And now he's, um, you know, parlayed that into WGC win. Um, you know, it, it was basically he's won all the strongest of fields this year, isn't he? So... Um, pretty impressive stuff and it, it's nice to actually see a Masters where the two form players in the world actually contend for it as opposed to uh, people coming from the gods a bit yeah it was well it was it, was, it wasn't that I mean it wasn't exciting in terms, I mean the fact that you said that Cam Smith um, when they got to the third he was only one where was he one behind the yeah. third yeah. yeah he was only one behind they got to the third both pulled it um both muffed their approach, and Sheffler's chip was just outstanding. I mean, yeah, if it misses, it's it's going past, and he's he's, he's struggling for par. But he didn't miss it, did he? So um, you know, he hit the right bit of the uh, bank. Um, it didn't take really; spun a little bit. Didn't really take. Ran on. It was perfect. Right, dead centre centre with the flag in, so it has to be dead centre. It was brilliant, and he's now. I think he's four from 60s or 40, uh, 51, 59 uh, top of the range events, which is stunning. Mm. You know? Let's not forget he's also got um, four seconds, two thirds and uh, nine top tens. So it's stunning, really. It's, it's a it's a run of form that, yeah, well, you know, nobody else has. And um, with Ram playing poorly and, and you know, Mori Carr were just sort of plodding along at the moment. He's, he's quite rightly clear at number one and best player in the world. Let's see how he carries on. I know it's stunning. It's stunning, and 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 I, you know, he does. He looks like he can compete at uh, you know PGA US Open. There doesn't look to be anything wrong with his game to compete right. there as well. Um, it'd be fascinating to see what he does next three months. I know we always say we can't sort of second guess people's mentalities, but do you think it was beneficial to him that the the rise to number one? And the master start came so quickly, as opposed to him sitting on that world number one for a month, or you know, just that bit of heightened expectation. Because if he if he had been number one when he won at I don't know wherever it was, Bay Hill, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. and yeah. you know, he'd had to sit on world number one status for a month, and there was all the talk about him being the because there was still plenty to talk about Ram, there was still plenty to talk about JT Tiger, obviously dominated it all. I just think having those people take the attention off, despite the fact that he was actually the best player in the world coming in, even Cameron Smith to a certain extent, like, I guess that can only help. I don't, I don't, that can't take anything away from the fact that he achieved it, even when he was number one. And the fact that he's done four wins and six starts is, is ridiculous anyway. But to me, it just felt like that was beneficial. Yeah. But I mean, very possible. I mean, I think it, it, as you say, it happened so quick, you probably can't believe it. But I also think, you know, the others, not not now, because he's now proven, but the others sort of let him in. Hmm. You know, the other top five weren't really doing it. And I don't think, we don't really see, we don't really get that that much, you know, where the, you know, the number one's performing at the absolute top of the game. And there is really, there hasn't been much of a challenge. Um, anyway, you know, it is what it is. And, and he's, he's undisputed. Anybody that was, that was um, you know, arguing with the fact that he's number one is now, is now no argument at all. You know, he's no. absolutely clear. And uh, like I say, let's, let's see what happens. He's, he's now number one, four winners, four wins, proper tournaments. Um, what, what do you want him to do? He can't really do anything else, can he? So. No, I mean, he's, he's literally won, aside from the players, he's, he's won basically everything that there was to win this year. And um, it's, it's just mightily impressive. I think 
you know, we've, we've just been chatting off here, you know, Ted Scott is a, a factor. Yeah. How much of that you can attribute to him? I think a lot of it probably Augusta. I mean, I, you know, I spoke about it and I, I kind of said for weeks that him being there at Augusta helps him. He'd already had top 20s and Ted could be worth a shot around. But I then decided to pivot off and give that benefit of the doubt to JT and Bones, which blew up in my face a little bit. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, without question. I mean, I think there was a tweet earlier that said uh, Scheffler um, recorded the fourth most strokes gained on a field since 2008. And that's, uh, you know, that says everything really. He's, he's just flying. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, he kept it there as well, didn't he? You know, it wasn't, you know, last year it was sort of, it was in dispute, I think, for a, for a little while. Um Matsuyama winning. Um, it, it was just dominant. It was as dominant as Dustin was when he won it, and everyone was going over the top. It just <clears throat> Scheffler hasn't got that for whatever reason. He hasn't got that type of following and that type of enigma. But he really should have, because it's you know it's no look. At the end of the day, he was at he was at nine at the start of the thing, and and uh, nobody got there, did they? So no. uh, he done in three rounds what nobody could do in four. Yeah. I- Brilliant. Obviously, Smith had his chances, like you say. He had, it, he had his chance at three, even at even at eleven. You know, after birdie and eleven, he'd got within was it two or three, and, and really putting the pressure on. I think, you know, had he not, you know, if if buts and maybes, but if he doesn't put that straight in the water from twelve, um, and let and let Scotty go four hundred yards left and bail out, um, it could have been a different event. You know, everyone was yeah, kind of talking yeah. about Rory charging, but that didn't matter. It was he was way too far behind for that to be an impact on. On Scotty Scheffler, he was able, as I know you really hate, he was able to double bogey the last home win because he had about eight putts in hand before he had to worry about it. Um, yeah, he just never really got touched. Do you think it was because someone put it to me on Twitter to say that basically it was a freakish performance by Scotty Scheffler and otherwise yeah. already deserved it? Was it freakish? Oh, it, was, it was just exceptional. It was just, you know, first two, three rounds were just exceptional. But when, um, when I when I look at it, like he wasn't. It's not like he went straight and bolted out on the first round, was he? He was a couple of behind Sung Jm on the first day. Um, yes, he shot what was it, a sixty-eight on day two or sixty-seven, um, which you know was either the best score or one of the better scores. But he was never. He never put rounds in that were like unachievable for everybody else well, each day. He just did it every well, day. They obviously were. Uh, I mean, he. he I mean, yeah, but there we are. You start in the morning, you start in the afternoon, the next day, everything's different. Hmm. You start in the lead, then you start in the lead on finals day. You know, I mean, he had a birdie putt on 18, which was which was actually achievable. Yeah. That goes in, he wins by six when a player's had to shoot 64 to to get in second. You know, it was totally dominant. It was just, you know, I, I watched, I, on three, I thought to myself, okay, you know Cam Smith's going to up and down it, and you think Sheffler's going to bogey. And then it becomes really, really interesting. It was brilliant. Yeah, listen, I can't, I can't. Like, there were some other great eye-catching performances behind, mm. but he was on an absolutely different level. But, it's been but, like I say, he's he's riding this this train now, and uh, be so interesting to see how he goes on from this. I think my overall point was though, and, and obviously we've been checking off air that maybe I'm digging in a bit too much, but there was kind of this like someone said to me that basically if it wasn't for the freakish performance of Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy would be a Masters winner. I don't think Rory did anything at all to deserve being the mark. I know he shot that really good final round, but that's never it's never enough in a major championship to shoot one good round and win. Like I just and that's all it was. Okay, you could argue Saturday was a good round, but I just to me, like the scores that Scotty shot each day were out there for everyone. It wasn't it wasn't like he just went over the top like he shot a sixty nine on day one, which was matched by four other people or three other people and bettered by two. He shot a sixty seven on um, Friday that Justin Thomas matched and Shane Lowry shot a 68 third round he shot a 71 which was bettered by Smith uh, Fleetwood just to name a couple and then he shot 71 on the final day when he didn't need to shoot any better so to me it just felt like there was it was a consistency rather than yeah, a yeah. really freakish performance and that, that's not to take anything away from it it's more to me that I, yeah. I was surprised that no one got closer and I suppose Cam Smith was obviously the one that, that did but decided to blow up in the end 
Well, I think if you you know you go back to the greatest ever, um, you know he used to used to know when he was going to make that vital putt. Yeah. Um, you just knew, didn't you? When Tiger had had you know thirty five feet the par to keep in front, it was going in. It went in. And Sheffer's just just producing. He's not, it, yeah, he's not producing that brilliance, but he's doing everything that you need to do to get a score on every hole. And nobody else is doing that. No, it, so, it, it, it you know, is. You, you, this is not me trying to take anything away from Scheffler. It's more. I think but, he's always sorry. So I think he's always had it. We just yeah. had a problem with his short game. He's always had it. He's always had scores in him. You go back through his record. He's, you know, he's got some stunning scores. He used to make some absolute huge cock-ups. Mm. You know, whether that was chipping, putting. So he's. What I like about it is that he's improved that so much, but kept the skill of the rest of it. He hasn't lost anything well, else. That, that's, so. that's the key point, is that whenever we see someone improve their putting, their ball striking falls off. Whenever we see someone improve their ball striking, the putting falls off. It, it yeah, There doesn't seem right. to be someone it's that pretty, keeps it, does it? Um, you know, we've seen, no, it's, it's, we've seen it's, it with John Rahm at the moment. He's completely lost his putting, hasn't he? It is just absolutely gone. Um, yeah. Even though his tee screen game stuff there, but Scheffler's matching him stride for stride, ball striking, and got a better short game. It's just... How long can it last? I don't know. But there's nothing to suggest it's going to go away anytime soon. No, I agree. I agree. I think absolute massively live runner for everything else this year. You mentioned eye-catching performances. Um, What were your main ones that you would say? Uh, Is that Wilmer Alatoris? He's he's just got to win. It's it's so similar to what Scheffler was doing last year, Mm. in terms of getting in positions in really good quality tournaments. And we know we know his problem. Although I think his putting's improved, Um, we we know what his issues are. Um, I thought I think it was day three. I think he 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 got his second birdie on eleven of the week. Yes, I think he did. Went into twelve, and this is where I think I'm not not I don't know his caddy. I'm not knocking him. I just think he might need, like Scheffler, somebody strong on the bag. Um, you know, getting Billy Foster or something. Um, he needs somebody strong on the bag. On certainly 12, speed him up. Well, you see, see what he did with Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That was hilarious, <laughs> wasn't it? That, but he's quite right. He was he said, right. You've agreed it now. You've agreed yeah. it. Stop messing about. Get on with it. Yeah. Um, because he's not giving his player time to think about what No, could... he's not actually telling him to hurry up for the sake of it. He's trying to get him to be less indecisive, yeah, wasn't he? It was it made, perfect. Yeah, it made... Anyway, so Zalatoris so then, then was short in the water at 12, uh, shocking on 13. And, and I just thought, you know, if you can birdie 11, which was, I thought, fantastic. I thought, brilliant. 520 yards, it's been unbelievable. More of that one later. Um, hmm. I, I just thought, you know, what a game you've got. And I personally think three, you know... Um, uh, where are we? Three under was the absolute worst that Zalatoris could have possibly shot in that tournament. So he was really eye-catching. Um, Connors again. I mean, again, but it comes through. From, it's the same. It's course form again, isn't it? Connors was brilliant at times as well. Um, they were. I think they were the. There was one further down, but I've backed him this week, so we'll talk about him later. Um, yeah, the rest were just sort of. It was like a Masters, wasn't it? Or the rest, wasn't it? Really, yeah. it was. A lot of people that that you think could do better just simply don't. You know, um, that's how they perform at Augusta, and that's it. Till Hatton was hilarious this morning as well. With his uh, comments. He's just, yeah. he's, he's just. I don't know. He's gone getting worse, and worse, isn't he? I, I, I think everything. he's actually getting quite tiresome now. I know. Yeah, okay. I know you yeah, love yeah. it, but I think he's. I think it's going beyond that now. Like I listened to him commentating the other day, and he said that. He hates this place, and you know that's fine. Like other people hate it, I hate this place. And my good shots are not getting rewarded. That's right. And I was like, how, how many good shots do you think you've hit then? You shot like I 72, it... 74, 79, yeah. 80. What good shots have you hit? Like that you can't. Like to him, is, is a good shot to him him flushing an iron? Is that a good shot? I mean, they all flush irons. Good... Yeah, it's not that. At the end of the day, you, we all know what Augusta is. Yeah, we all know what it is. It isn't. It isn't pin seeking. You no. know, that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, knowing that you have to be twenty five feet left. But um, what I find really weird about it is that, like, we talk about courses that everyone's kind of moaning about not rewarding good shots, and the most recent memory is Bay Hill, and he's won that and gone close again. Like, so he can do it in tough conditions. You just can't do it around there, and it's not. 
which is weird because out of his major performances, that's his best one over the last eight. He's missed a cut in six of them, you know, or five of them. He's been really bad in major championships since he's gone to this new level. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, just like I, I, I find him really entertaining. We both do, but I think it's getting to a, a level now where he's kind of covering it up because he's funny, but also, it, it, what, what point do you go? Do you know what, Terrell? This is not funny anymore. You're actually quite irritating and. You're not playing good enough in majors. I, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just negative about people. I've already done it with Rory on Twitter, so I don't know if I need to do it on Terry on here. But it's yeah. I just thought perhaps he should just just put a thumbs up to, and it'll all be alright. <laughs> yeah. Harry Hicks has gone two top fourteen finishes in both his major championships. Quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing eye catching. I don't think at like, Lee, week. I thought was interesting, so I didn't think that would suit him at isn't it? Uh, yeah, he played well. Um, it was nice. Danny Willett was nice to see him playing well. Danny and, and uh, Charles Schwartz, wasn't it? It was nice to see them both come yeah, back. Yeah, Schwartz was playing well, wasn't he? Cameron uh, Champ, top 10 finish in the Masters. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there were bits and there were bits behind and there were the usual plodders that weren't going to do anything and just were there. I mean, you know. One um, of those is definitely on my list this week, so we'll go on to that again. Um, one of the plodders. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I, bet, I bet I know who it is. Yeah, you will know who it is. So, um, yeah, we'll go to that does, later. Does he support West Ham? No, he does not support West Ham. No, he's, no. Def- he's no. definitely not. Well, he might do, but it's not. It's not Billy Horschel. Um, oh, okay. okay. It. I was interested to hear your take on Shane Lowry, right? So, he dug his caddy out a couple of times uh, for bad layups. Yep, bad um, yards. Was it? Was it? Just him not executing as much as it was to caddy bad layups. I, I don't know. I guess it's hard to tell, but I thought he threw away a couple of really good chances. He should have been a lot closer to that ten under total than he was. Triple bogey, I think, was at third hole yesterday, par three. Um, so four. you know, yeah, four. Sorry. So that's that's two really glaring. Like Cameron Smith putting in the water. Shane Larry triple bogey and par three. Yeah, I, I I thought Cameron Smith would do would do. I know he's chasing. He's got to chase and chase and chase. But I did think Smith would get a bit closer than that. Yeah. Like I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think it's if Scheffler had to, he would have been twelve under rather than ten. So I don't. I yeah. Don't, I don't necessarily think that if you start giving Shane Lowry three shots back and Cameron Smith three shots about that they're eight under and it's a big event. Like it was done. It was done with. But I just I just felt like they could have both done a little bit better in the final round, which. Even Lowry shot 69, it could have been better. So, interesting enough. Yep. Colin Morikawa maybe figured out Augusta. Like you say, though, you could, why are you picking that up and then and then having to go at raw? You know, make your mind up. You know, you can't have... Kind of no, but I another. mean, isn't, but he's, he's, he's had two really good... Look, <laughs> Rory McIlroy doesn't need to figure out Augusta. Rory McIlroy needs to figure out how to play well on the Thursday at Masters and it'd be fine. Um, Rory McIlroy can play this course as well as anyone basically there, there was two factors one it was because he was out of contention so it didn't really matter what he did yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other factor is that it was hot and still conditions for the first time a week yes he can't he when the conditions are tough he doesn't play well i think that's not an overstatement i think that's that's pretty fair i think um you could argue that grinding status or shooting a 64 when it really didn't matter was was one thing, I guess. I think that's probably fair enough to say as well. Give him his credit, it was an f- unbelievable round. Like He also had a 375-yard drive on the par 5, had 8 iron in hand going in and parred. So it's, I don't know. It's hard to find negatives about Roy McIlroy, but I somehow still managed to try and do it. You do certainly manage to do that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but... We'll move on from that because that's a bit of a sore subject for for me and Twitter. But um, yeah, it, it was impressive. It was really Corey good. Connors won top Canadian by eighteen shots. That's all I care about. <laughs> and and Paddy won the top senior by. Yeah, but that was all, that was all right. The the bugger was that um, uh, Max Hughes um, birded the eighteenth on Friday to make the weekend. Otherwise, we could have had it all settled on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. But anyway, typical. Yeah, Paddy won top top old git, um, but only thanks to Ogie in the last. Yeah, Nakajima tied, but again, thanks to. Can't remember. 
who bogeyed bogeyed Austin, the last again. Austin Greaser. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know the, the the treble came up in some way. The double came up. So you know, there we are. But I think I think this is basically says quite simply that you're just looking at Augusta form. That's it. That's, that's all we can do. Uh, you know, I, I'd be very tempted. Um, you know, obviously the thing is you you wait for the places, but yeah, I think you know, so halfway through this year, I think Zalatoris is a definite bet. Yeah. Before he wins for next year, because um, I think if he wins, he's going to go very, very, very close in this next year. And if he doesn't win, he'll still go very, very close in this next What's year. That? Four top eights in majors now, isn't it? In about seven. Yeah, seven, yeah. I think. It's Corey Connors, three, three top, three top tens in, in yeah. three Masters. No, it's 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 incredible, really. Who do, who do you think was the most disappointed? We talked about people disappointed and actually made the cut, which is really harsh. But who do you think was the most disappointed and actually didn't even make it to the weekend? Um, I don't know if there was, there was, you know, if you'd have said to me any of these would miss the cut, I'd have said, yeah, that's fine. I'd, um, oh, oh, Paul Casey withdrawing just before was a pain in yeah. the ass. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you know that. Is, is, it, is, is it more is alarming the that? Kepka, Spieth, or Xander missed the cut. Uh, I thought Xander was that was that was probably the most disappointing. Not just because I was on, but you know I didn't expect that. He's, he's that was. Well, he's terrible. he's he's the consistent um, of the three, isn't he? So you you can then, always you see know, the other happened. two blown up. This is Augusta, you know. Stuff happens. Yeah. You get out of out of tilt around here. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse as you go around. You know, you take on, you take on, as you, you know, as I say, you take on ten, you take on eleven, um, you know, sixteen. If you don't get it right, which is, I still can't believe people actually chop shots at sixteen. Um, <laughs> not where that, not where that pin is on the last day, anyway. And I think day two, I think, uh, but they do. You know, uh, I thought that the lengthening of eleven was brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but. Um, yeah, ultimately the winner was was never really in doubt, was he? That's the problem. No. Um, so you you were always chasing places from a quite a long, long way out. There we are. You know, such is life. Yeah, I actually did. I actually, because I don't normally do that, but I did some place uh, previews this week, sort of top five and top twenty, and had Shane Lowry top five, and I, you know, really cowardly in the end went top twenty with Corey Connors because he was plus money, and he, he right. did that for cancer, and then Kevin Nar as well in the top twenty. So. Um, I was quite yeah, happy with fun. those, really. It's just the outrights are disappointed, but like you say, it was it was pretty early on what was going to happen. So, unless you were on Cam Smith or Scotty, it never really felt like anything going into the final round. So, no. um, should we go into this week then? Yeah. So RBC Heritage. I don't think we need to go too much into uh, Harbour Town. I think most people that listen to this podcast will know what to expect from this golf course. Um, maybe a little bit presumptuous. Is there anything you'd want to say on it for someone that may be listening for the first time? No, I mean, you know, like driving distance doesn't matter. Uh, courses like uh, Wyndham that we all know, um, you know, Travellers, again, Pete Dye, uh, Charles Schwab, all the classic courses with, with tight, tight sort of um, tight fairways. Uh, Copperheads and the Valspar uh, is probably the most recent similar type of course. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's peak guy form. It's it's Wyndham. It's driving distance doesn't matter. It's all about your second shot. Uh, greens in reg is extremely important. Um, at least the last three winners have been very high up in in greens and reg. You know, get your irons right. Get on the fairway. Get your irons right. Uh, and and have an above week putting. And uh, for me, that's that's about it. Any thoughts on people? playing Augusta the week before or not I mean I think it's seven of the last 11 winners have played Augusta the week before um, I think it's, it's helpful isn't it but it depends what type of, I mean I don't at all fancy Cam Smith here but, um, but he's the I think he's the only one that really has been affected because he was the only one in the heat of the battle on Sunday and collapsed whereas everyone else was kind of never really there yeah I also think he's he's got an, uh, you know he's going to rely on his short game an, an awful lot here this week hmm. um He's a bit all over the place, and he with the driver might not have to take it out that much. To be fair, um, so he's the one that I wouldn't particularly want to be on. Um, I don't know when he's cutting his hair. I hope it's when he wins the next tournament. Well, you think uh, if he, you think with the fact that he 
probably thought he had a realistic chance of the Masters. He should have cut it last time, but yeah. he didn't yeah. do it for the 2020 renewal either. I always thought no. to myself, like, how would you feel if you did win Augusta? And that's the lifelong image if you looks like a, you know, like he does. But well, what, what could you say? Could you say I've won the Masters? And who are you? That's true. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Stuart Sink led the driving distance last year, but the rest were well outside the top 39. Um, so yeah, um, Justin Thomas was eighth and seventh. You've got you've got a little bit of distance. It really doesn't matter. This is all about his second shot. It's all about keeping it on the green. If you can't keep it on the green, you better be able to scramble. Tidy shots, similar courses. You know, I, I love course form. Always have done. Uh, but if you can get a combination of course form and uh, recent form, then uh, and on the right tracks, then I think yeah, you, you know, there is there are a couple and. Um, I thought they were big prices this morning, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it, it tends to go to a pretty elite player this this tournament as well. I think it's six of the last 12, been inside the top 20 in the world rankings. And even when you look at names like Kuchar and Furyk, his old people, they were top 10 in the world at the time, shorter than 20 to 1. So it wouldn't, it really wouldn't surprise me if, if you know, the one of the elites goes out and plays and I actually think it's some nice prices so let's jump into that Justin Thomas 12 to 1 Ugh, not doing that again Colin Morikawa 14 to 1 Cameron Smith 14 to 1 16 to 1 if you take it with some strange bookmaker there uh, Dustin Johnson 18 to 1 Patrick Cantlay 18 to 1 Matthew Fitzpatrick and Shane Larry 22 to 1 any tempts in for you at the top no not at all uh, no I'd fix Patrick down on there um but um no not really no, none of those none of those particularly i'm not i'm not bothered i mean any, don't be wrong any of them can win by five but um no i think there are other people i think hendy's a terrible price at 30. he was on my list yeah uh, obviously you could get bigger earlier i think it's a terrible price now um no i think there's much better value down down the list so Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. I, I think Shane Lowry is a decent price. I think he's just, tee to green, he's just so good. And like, it was so, he was so clearly better this time around at Augusta than he's ever been before. Um, just, just an epitome of how well he's playing. Two top nine finishes here in his four starts at the Heritage. Perfect course for him, really. Whether he manages to lift his game after a, probably a bit of a disappointing weekend in the end uh, remains to be seen but I think if I was to pick anyone it'd be him I think Dustin's obviously going to win soon you've kind of mentioned that a couple of times as well and you sort of one to watch thing um, that he will win at some point I actually thought 18 to 1 was pretty fair really um, much rather be on that than 12 or 14 to top 2 so uh, mm. <sighs> yeah but again JT is I mean he's clear again Oh, and everything I've got, he's he's clear. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there. It was only because last week you could have the top ten. Blatantly, obviously, he was going to be there. Um, no, you can, you can, I mean, I can see a lot bombing out, mate. I can see a lot bombing out. It's very dangerous for me to write off Thomas. It's one of those ones I've been burnt by him, and I don't really like going with him normally. Um, and I've gone for him, and he's he's been crap. That you know that could definitely blur it. But you know, last time he was here two years ago. Open with a 72 and then shot 66, 66, 63. So it's obviously a decent track for him. Uh, he was 11th on his debut. He's good everywhere, isn't he, Justin Thomas? It doesn't really matter what golf course it is. But I, I just think Dustin Johnson, because it's like you mentioned, driving distance isn't necessarily a thing that people would overlook him. But I think he does tend to play his short course as well as well. And 
kind of dominate them. So be interesting. But yeah, if I was going to go with someone, and I may still go with Shane Lowry, just I, I kind of want to hear something from him. I, I don't know what. I just want to hear that he's focused or not too distraught because his play this year is just so good. Like his form is just absolutely ridiculous, and it's and it's really like built on how good his overall game is. I and mean, he's not finished outside of the top fourteen in the stroke play or twenty fourth, sorry, in the stroke play event this year. It's, it's yep. a it's a bizarre record for someone like him. Yeah, he's played tremendous. Yeah. So he should have probably won the Honda. Um, played very well last week. Very very solid and. Yeah, I think he will win. He's got to, he's got to win, I think, in this window before it gets a problem. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm talking myself into Shane Larry. But let's go into that second tier of people. Corey Connors, Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Russell Henley, you've already mentioned there. Joaquin Neiman, Tyrrell Hatton, Sung Jae, and Jordan Spieth. Don't like Spieth. Not particularly bothered about Sung Jae. Webb's still probably slight injury concern. So that kind of leaves Daniel Berger, Corey Connors, and Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, Berger was rubbish over the weekend, wasn't he? Um, I, I don't like any of them. I mean, Neiman, I suppose, with the um, the potential for more improvement. Yeah, Webb, as you say. I mean, Webb's just based on course form, isn't it? That price. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't think you can have him. I mean, Neiman at times over the weekend looked like he was going to do um, something a little bit better. Uh, ultimately, didn't, did he? Um, well, he played his best golf top when it was probably last, the hardest to see him do it. I thought. Yeah, top five last year, cracking, uh, you know, cracking tee green um, performances on the card. I just, I'm not convinced. I... Sorry. No, no, I, I think it was quite. You know, I thought he played his best golf when he was playing with Tiger. When he's actually excused that being a problem, and you know, he was tailed off at the weekend when you'd like him to take a step forward. So, not particularly bothered about Neiman. He was. Double the price for Genesis and won that, so that's fine for me. Um, so where do you start your card in the fifties? I start my card with uh, Kevin Kisner. Okay, let's, let's go into Kevin I, Kisner. I, I I tweeted over the week, I think Saturday, saying how far is he going to win next week? Because hmm. um, I thought I saw enough in his second round um, on a course that he blatantly, you know, doesn't take to, and and actually says he can't win. Um, yeah, for me, he's, he's. I thought he was standout. I wanted 40. There was a bit of 66, I think you told me this morning. Yeah, very early. I was, yeah. too, I was too busy. I thought any 55, I thought any 50. There's 45 at the moment, I think, uh, top eight. No, there isn't. No, it's 40 now, top eight. Um, I, I think 40 is the price for Kisner, and I think anything bigger than that was absolutely huge. Um, there's loads there for him. I mean, he is playing very, very well. Um as we said, Masters isn't really his, his cup of tea, but he closed up at halfway uh, before the weekend got to him. Um, there we are. Before that, obviously made the final of the world match play, beaten by the world number one. Um, fourth at the players, which is Pete Dye. We know that. He's got third in, in, in Sony's, uh, eighth in the tournament of champions. He's won the Wyndham, which fits in you know, extremely well here. Uh, he's also got a tie, uh, tied third at the Wyndham. Um, in this field, I think he's fifth in strokes game putting, which will work for his tee green game. I think he's fifth in eight weeks and fourth over 12 weeks, I think. Um, around the green, he's absolutely fine. He's top 30 in putting average for the season. Um, it's it's a Kevin Kisner course. I know we said this last year because I've written, listened to last year's uh, <laughs> podcast and we got out, you know, I got absolutely burned. But I think he's... There's something about him this year. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, there's something about him. He seems... He's a lot louder, isn't he, on social media for sure? Um, and he's, he's, he comes out with it. He says where he believes he'll play well, where he doesn't. I think this is perfect. He wasn't in any particular worry at the Masters. He was just playing for for wherever he finished. Loves it here. Loves this sort of track. I, I, I'm lost. I don't know why you don't back Kisner at fifty to one. Yes, this was one of the ones where was it 2015 where he had that run. Of seconds, where he, he looked like for all, all attempts and purposes he was going to win at some point. Was it was it Kucha or was it Jim Fury that pipped him in the playoff? Um, um, I think it was. Let's have a look. Jim Fury beat him on the second second extra hole in 2015. So oh, that was yeah. the year he had three seconds, uh, three playoff losses, Greenbrier players and Heritage. Um, obviously, two of them, Pete Dye. 
Yeah, I, I like it. I like a lot about Kevin. Uh, and and just to sort of round it off, we'll, we'll talk all about Kevin. I'm going to go Kevin Nah. Um, very much similar reasons, really. You know, he played well at a golf course that he doesn't really have much right to do so. He, he spoke about it um, in his interviews, kind of saying that I know I can play well here in certain conditions. Obviously, referencing the tough conditions where he was inside the top six after 36 holes. Terrible Saturday, shot 79, then come back yesterday, shot 69. I think, you know, outside of the, the real true elites, you know, you've got Thomas, who's 1-7, DJ's 1-8, Cantley's 1-5, Morikawa 5, Smith 4, Webb 3. Kevin Nahr, four wins since 2018. And he's sitting down there at 50-1, to 55-1. You know, you've, you've mentioned Russell Henley's, you've mentioned, um, well, I've spoken about Till Hatton already, we've Spieth's out of form. Sung J.M., yes, he played well, but don't really know quite where he's at in general. Tommy Fleetwood hasn't won the PJ Tour yet. And then you've just got Kevin Nahr at 50-1, to and I think he's had some really good finishes here in the past. He's got five top ten finishes since 2007, 10th uh, and 4th in two of his last five starts here. Apparently he was first in greens regulation and strokes gain approach last week. Don't know how accurate that is. 10th um, tees green, first in total accuracy. Loves playing in short golf courses. Had that kind of spell where he'd been, um, you know, the birth of his second child, I think it was. Seven of the last 12 winners, as I said earlier, have played Augusta the week before. He played it without any kind of stress to me. Loves a short golf course. Um, Kevin Nahr, I thought, was more price dependent than anything. If, if I had to pick someone before I saw the prices, and Kevin Nahr probably wasn't straight up on my list as someone that I thought was going to win this tournament, but. 55 to 1 or 50 to 1 with eight places, I thought was ridiculous. And someone that's win equity is a lot higher than basically 90% of the field. Yeah. That's it. He's, he's, he fits the profile, doesn't he? Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't, can't argue. Can't argue. We're staying away from the top, and I think I think there's plenty of cases to be made. Adam Hadwin, another one that you were looking at? Oh, yeah. I love Hadwin here this week. Yeah. I think if Hadwin carries on this, this trajectory, he might well make the Masters next year, top 50. Um, really like Hadwin. Obviously, current form is there for everybody to see. Um, the fourth at Texas, I really like. I've got that linked with uh, uh, my three-figure bet later on. Um, doesn't seem obvious, but Spieth, who obviously loves Texas, has got 9th, 11th, 12th here. Corey Connors won Texas, got a tied fourth here. Um, Charlie Hoffman, the Texas bandit, yeah, he <laughs> was always there. He's got 6th, 8th, 14th, 18th here. So I think that's significant. He played really, really well at Valspar where he led after first round and second after uh, halfway um, like that because it's obviously um, greens and regulation I think he was 27th in proximity at the Valspar and he ranks top 15 for the season in proximity as well which on a short on a small greens is going to suit absolutely fine um, he's top 20 in greens in reg for the season um, and I top top think 5 over the last 3 months arrows, as well going. sorry to just jump in there but he's top 5 last 3 months in yeah. greens regulation no, you're right yeah, my arrow's going somewhere <laughs> coincides nicely with, yeah. with what he's top doing 25, top 25 is scrambling if he, if he does sorry, sorry. Go on. no so yeah I just, top I just, 25 is scrambling uh... go on mate alright oh, ok sorry <laughs> I don't have a, I'm, I'm having trouble with these earphones uh, top 25 in scrambling, 16th in the Valspar. Uh, he's, he's just playing very, very well, wasn't he? He was fifth halfway at Phoenix, seventh after three rounds, which is hidden by that final 74. Um, sixth, seventh and sixth of the final three rounds at the Shriners. He's just playing fantastic golf at the moment. Um, and I just thought coming here, um, yeah, what do you want in life, really? Fourth and eighth seat of green last twice. Yeah, what do you want? I, I'm not really sure. Again, you know, the fella's playing absolutely exceptional golf. Hasn't got fantastic form round here, but a lot of the time it's been sport by one round. So he missed the cut after 76 first round last year, really. 67 was fine, second round. Started slowly again, 2020. 72, and then all rounds in the 60s. Um, he's, he's great, isn't he? He's, his wife's very vocal on uh, Twitter. Very, very funny if you don't follow her. You've got um, their child who uh, stands in front of the telly cheering on Hadwin <laughs> or people that look like Hadwin. But she doesn't seem to care. Um, I love him this week. I thought I thought the price was was 
it wasn't it wasn't over the top i didn't think it was over the top like kisner's was uh, but i thought it was very very fair um it was 10th in pattern at the amex which again he's got pete dyer stadium course on it um and at the players well you know where he where he plays best and where he putts best are relevant to here i thought so you know what do you want I think it was 2015 or 2016. He finished 22nd. He was inside the top 16 after two rounds. Uh, shot the second round 66. And like you say, that maybe that 2020 is being dismissed a little bit because of the opening 72. But 65, 67, 69 was really, really good. Um, sort of shows what he can do here. And, you know, you look at those last three years, he's never been playing as well as he is now, is he? Um, no. and, and, but he's know, always had it. He's always had yeah. it there, I think. Yeah, I agree, and I think that twenty second came when he was last playing similar to this kind of form, isn't it? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Put it like that. That's all that matters. Siwoo Kim, I thought was interesting because, again, this kind of fifty to one range, we talk about people with win equity. Uh, he's had three wins, and he's also had a ridiculous amount of playoff losses. Uh, three three playoff losses as well. One of them at this event. So that's, that's potentially six wins on the PGA Tour. I know you can't just give people playoff losses, but that's six wins by the age of 26. We know it's Pete Dye for, for Siwoo Kim. All three wins have got Pete Dye on it. Wyndham loss, Heritage loss here to uh, Satoshi Kodaira. 55-1 to one. again, 50-1 to one eight places. Same as Kevin Nahr, same as Radham Hadwin, same as Kevin Kisner. I think this range is, is really where the value's at all week. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you can also add one that's very I just left off because I just can't see it. Was Alex Norrin? Yeah. Um, again, it's very similar. He's thirteenth um, for strokes gained approach and strokes gained patting over the last twelve weeks. Um, the actual leader of that in my book is Tyrrell Hatton, but we obviously can't we can't be playing him at the moment, can we? Um, oh, so Alex, yeah, thirteenth, thirteenth. Uh, his patting at the Valspar was good, and the Phoenix was good. Everything else is good. He's got an all-round great game. I just don't see him winning. I don't know why. Um, so of the fifty-one shots, but yeah, I think you could play plenty in this uh, around this this sort of um, price, and would definitely get a run, wouldn't you? JJ Spawn, I think, is overpriced considering the way he's playing. You is didn't it? get my Twitter message, did you? I probably did not get your Twitter <laughs> no, message. No, you didn't. It wouldn't go through. <laughs> but yeah. Is, I, I, is that your triple digit one that you're referencing earlier? Is, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've got masses on JJ Spawn. Go on, boys, I'll, no, no, I'll let no, you, no, no. You I do mean, the spill on Spawn. He's always been, he's always had immense amounts of quality. You know, when yeah. he was on the Canadian McKenzie tour, you know, he won. He was third. Uh, when he won, uh, Corey Connors was third. Um, he had a string of top fives and top tens on the Canadian tour, which, um, okay, it's not this level, but proves that when he does hit form, he can keep it. Um, 2016, uh, it was tied second behind Oli Schneidlich <laughs> uh, with Colin Morikawa before winning over there the Sentinel Open. 2017, when he steps up to PGA, tied ninth for Farmers, tied fourth for Phoenix. These are proper, proper events. You know, second at the RSM, he led the Shriners till day four, 2017. 2018, third at the Byron Nelson and Barracuda. Um, and then later in the season, he's got a top 10 at the CJ Cup behind Brooks. Um, and he's got a tie third at Mike Cobra, which I know at the time wasn't the tournament it was now. And then he gets misdiagnosed with um, yeah. type 2 diabetes, post type 1. And, and you know, I, I know from personal experience how much um, diabetes can affect not only your moods, uh, your game, your food, your digestion, everything. Um, and to be misdiagnosed is absolutely massive. And when you look back at those that 2015, 2008, he's probably one of the most progressive players that arrived on the PJ Tour as a rookie. And you would you would have certainly looked back then and gone, and I seem to remember lots of people trying to put him up at big prices. Yeah, um, you certainly would have looked at it and gone, you know, give this give this kid, 26-year-old or whatever he was at the time, you know, give this kid a year or so, and, and we're talking, you know, he's serious contenders for good, good prizes. It doesn't help that that happened, and it took him a long time to get back to form. Obviously, he's lost a lot of weight. That medication he has to get used to, diet he has to get used to, how much exercise you have to get used to, um, and and he's come back and he's yeah he's cracking. I mean he says himself that um, he was lost for a couple of years. He's now back to finding his game, which is fairways and greens, which obviously works perfectly here. You know he's on a cracking run. Obviously we've all discussed the Texas form 
of what that means. It, it does mean a lot. You can play well here um, coming off of Texas. Masters, obviously, fantastic performance over the weekend. He was one shot away from tying for a top debutant in 23rd. Uh, 16th and halfway, 18th after the third round. Um, I, I think the way he's playing and his confidence and and his un- totally untapped potential. I mean, we have no idea, um, you know, actually where his ceiling is because he's lost two years. What, what, again, what do you, of a hundred to one shot, you know, it's virtually, I mean, yeah, he's saying he can't win. Yeah. And that's not true. You know, JJ Spawn can win this event. He's proven he can do it from the front. He was brilliant uh, final round at Texas after the early double bogey. Um, and he's followed it up with a, you know, obviously he's on a high playing at Augusta for the first time, but it was a fantastic effort. Um, I, I think he's 100 to 1. He's absolutely huge, eight places. He's going to be, I think he's going to be long up there. I know we've got 100 players, Harry Higgs and blah, 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 that we like to say he's going to be long up there. But there's, there's back form and there's back results that suggest when he's back on form and when he's, you know, he's now learnt to live with his new body, if you like, the new swing, etc. I think it could be anything. I really do. So I wrote two notes down and I wrote misdiagnosis of diabetes has, has really, now that's come out, we know exactly why he struggled and he only solidified his form last week with tie 23rd finish at the Masters. Like, to me, and, and you, you talk about all that form that you had before, that 2018 year was was absolutely phenomenal, really. Like for a player of his stature and, and ability, I mean, he'd got uh, the tied third you mentioned already at the Barracuda. Um, he'd finished, I think, 35th at the PGA Championship. Now I can't I can't say what I'm about to say without contradicting myself on Rory McIlroy, but he shot a Sunday 67 there, which I thought was really impressive. Um, you know, third at the Byron Nelson where. I think he had a decent chance. He shot a 63 again on the Sunday, probably again contradicting what I said, but 23rd at the Farmers Insurance earlier that year. Also got a top 10 at the uh, the Farmers Insurance in the past. Fourth at the Phoenix Open 2017. Second at the RSM 2017, probably quite similar to this. Just just consistently contending. He sort of served his notice at the Shriners in 2017. He he was first uh, at the halfway stage and had a really bad weekend. Then he goes to the... The Boise Open, he always liked to reference last year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Shot 67-65 to lead or co-lead after the six holes. And then shoots 68-66 over the weekend and loses by one. Like, he, he's just been there for a, for a very long period of time. And the other thing I wrote down was at 100 to 1, they're basically saying he can't do it again. Which, it's just, I keep saying it and it's probably boring for everybody who listens. And I'm actually getting bored of saying it. But with it, it's the only sport where we punish them for playing well before. Like... I see no reason why he can't win again. Like I could, if it was the week after, and I wasn't going to start putting him up for the Masters. But this is a field where you don't know the motivations of twenty percent of the field because you don't know how buggered they are after last week, how much they care after last week. You've got a bunch of no hopers in the field. Um, you know whether they're really old or coming off the corn ferry invites or. You know, one coming back from Costa Rica because he hasn't stopped drinking his own piss or whatever it is that Morgan Hoffman does these days, uh, which is a really good story that we can get into later on. But, you know, there there is a lot of sort of things here that sort of suggest that JJ Spawn is actually one of those people that talks about Shane Lowry taking advantage of a purple patch of form. Like, this is a really good chance for JJ Spawn to really cement his status because winning once is one thing. Winning twice and, and really securing your future is, is massive. So, um yeah, I, I echo everything with that uh, JJ Spawn. I think he's way overpriced. I think because I think even like 66s would have been fair on JJ Spawn. You know, you, you got yeah, Chris Kirk there, you got Matt Kuchar there, you got whatever, Mito Pereira 66 to 1. And that's not any sort of Tom Hoagie, anything on those guys, but he's got the same claims as every single one of them, I think. Yeah, he's been top 20 in greens and reg the last five efforts. I mean, he basically telegraphed the Texas win that we weren't on yeah. with that with leading at Vals, leading greens and reg at Valspar, which is, is small greens and three lines. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's striking the ball beautifully. He's very, very accurate off the tee. It's, it, looks, it looks the sort of course that, a, 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 you know, a back-to-form spawn uh, should be doing well at. Um, and I'm, I'm quite happy, you know. He was, he was top 30 in 2019, but that's only because of the final round 73. Yeah. I wasn't improved that by 10 places. I'm, I'm, 
Yeah, sitcom, I, I, sitcom I, debut is this, you know, is when I looked through isn't it? it? Yeah, when I looked through it, I did think 60, 60 was the sort of price I had in my head. Hmm. So, yeah, 100, 110, five places is, is well worth the punt. I I'm surprised it's the hundred with eight places. If it was a hundred with the five places or whatever that three six five are putting up, that's fine. But a hundred's one eight places. You're basically saying he can't even consent for a top ten. Um, oh. Just think it's bizarre. I'd probably, he's probably someone I would target in the kind of top twenty uh, range as well, based on you know because there could be a little bit of a lit down. Maybe it catches up with him after a you know big week at the Masters, yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm starting to look at those markets a little bit more, but. Um, yeah, I think I think they're the ones we've gone through are the standouts for me. I have written down Ian Poulter and Danny Willett around this range. Um, I think Danny Willett's playing well, obviously evidenced by what he'd done last week. Whether he keeps, he's not the type to you know rely on and keep it up, is he? But I think he's had a decent finish here in the past. I think he was 18th last year, I think it was. Um, he was inside the top 20 basically all week. Had one bad round that kind of took him out of it. Second round, 71. Probably isn't a bad golf course for someone of Danny Willett's stature. He can putt well on, on any given week. I don't know whether he can contend after last week, the highs and lows of it, but I just thought the price was slightly bigger than I expected. Ian Poulter, I just think, is going to be desperate to get back into you know, that top 50 just one last time, probably. Or you know, I think it's the, the window is narrowing for Ian Poulter, and you could see how evident you know he was devastated not to be there last week. So... Um, that that would be interesting. Um, Stuart Sink, you've referenced obviously won here in the past and uh, you know last year and led the driving distance. I thought he was good for a top twenty last week and played terribly, so it'd be interesting to see how he bounced back. But other than that, I had one. Bo Hostler is is playing well. I had a sixteenth place finish yep. here in the past, but I had one interesting long shot that I'd like to call it. Uh, maybe this is definitely probably a top twenty play. Um, other than that, I, I haven't really got an awful lot to say on these really long shots because I love that kind of 50 to 100 range. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only other ones I looked at that we haven't mentioned was was um, Eric Van Ruin, just because. because yeah. um, and Luke List, for who I tend to pull up every single time. <laughs> we have a Pete Dye course um, for obvious reasons, but he's playing so badly that, that I, I just, I know it's a Dye course, but I just can't. So I, I'm very happy to keep it light with those three. I agree with you. I think if I can get priced on top tens, top twenties, there, that's who I'll be, I'll be putting up for those sort of bets. Um, that's it. Yeah, I, Spawn is the value, Kisner is the winner. So, you know, and Hadwin finishes third. So, you know, what do you want? I'd be really interested to see what Henrik Stenson does this week. I just, I just think, you know, 18th at the Valero, 57th at the Valspar, obviously not great, but 17th at Saudi. Withdrew at the players, which I don't really care about. And he was 39th at the start of the year, Abu Dhabi. He just, he had that little run at the end of the last season on the European Tour, wasn't it? Full third, 15th, 30th, going into um, the BMW. And I just, you know, he's, he's got a terrible record here. So that that's built into the price, obviously, the fact that he's not been good for whatever it is, two years now. I just think we see little renaissances of these top class players. And when he's got, you look at his two miscuts, when he was. Well, I don't know if it was a debut or it's certainly his debut over the last 15 years. Uh, 79 opening round, then shot 68 in the second round. Just strikes me as a as a Henrik Stenson golf course. Um, you know, we know he's got Pete Dye form. Just wonder. I just I just wonder. It feels to me like we 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 seem to go to like Luke Donald and that recently, and and people like that just out of the blue. And to me, Henrik Stenson is still probably capable of doing it. Does the Ryder Cup distract him too much? Probably. Um, but he just he, I just noticed because he popped up in the strokes gain approach numbers on tour tips. I can't remember exactly where it was that he ranked him over the last couple of events. Um, but he had a 13th two starts ago in strokes gain approach. I just thought that was kind of eye-catching. 40th last time out. Could just build on that and you know, just to top 20 more than anything for, for Henry Stenson. But... Um, I certainly think all the values there in the fifty to hundred, and that's probably where we're going to live. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's loads there. There's loads you could you could make a some sort of case for, but I'm I'm very happy with those three, um, to be honest. Um, providing there isn't a hangover, but you know you can't predict that, so you've got to it, move on. I, you? I think that's one of the really difficult ones. Is you always 
you always end up taking a stance one way or another. Like, I really don't want to play someone that played last week, or I think it's essential you play someone from last week. And I just think you end up ruling people out too easily. Whereas if you just take strip, the kind of yeah. strip it back and just say these are guys I like, and not all of them are going to be affected in the same way, are they? You know. No, I think I think some one of the old guys. I mean, as we had um, Stuart Sinkwins last year, then somebody like Kevin Streelman's worth looking at. Of course, he's yeah. Uh, a reasonable price. He loves this. He loves all this, doesn't he? he loves travellers. Loves all that sort of course. Um, so yeah, he's he's a definite look at a top twenty or something like that. But yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm happy the way it is. So Mito Pereira should be doing it, but isn't. So we'll just leave every all these fans just to get on. And um, yeah, what can you do? I, I don't. I genuinely think this is a week where you may not find any of the top six in the top six. So. Yeah, and you have a couple I would mention. Charles Halliford seems to be having a little bit yeah. of a renaissance. Um, I don't think he's going to win again. But JT Poston as well was 13th going through two rounds at the Texas Open. He's got a sixth and eighth here. We obviously know he plays these kind of courses really well. So if you really wanted to go down here and, and have a bet, he's kind of, what's he, 150s, 175s, I think, for, for decent places. Maybe, again, just top 20 things there. Um but to me, that those those fifty to one ones that I'm, we're going to hammer home in a minute are the ones for me. So, anything else on the RBC Heritage? No, no, it's a lovely tournament. It's a great tournament. To it watch. is. Um, and this is the one that, if anybody remembers, I don't know if he was old enough, Tom or Bourne even, um, <laughs> Brian Davis conceded in the playoff against Jim Furyk, basically um, called a foul on himself. A foul and, on I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, didn't the TV pick it up? But he, but he called it on himself anyway. He did. He did call it on himself anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, you know, Brian Davis was a lovely bloke, uh, and he deserved to win, and he didn't. So there we are. Honesty is not always the best policy, kids. Poor old, poor old. I mean, probably at the time, probably thought he had chances to win again, but obviously never did. Uh, no. Lovely player, Brian Davis. Yeah, mm. he was one of those, one of those people, a bit like a Martin Laird, really, just forged a really decent career for himself on the PGA Tour. Laird obviously got the wins, and Davis didn't, but. Um, admirable that they've just kind of been out here for years without you sort of attaching to what they've done, I think. Um, so a bit of a throwback there for Brian Davis. But yeah, let's hammer... throwback. But it's, I like this. I like this. I do like the event. I must be honest. It's just how much hangover there is of the Masters. Yeah, I, want, I wonder where, whether I'd want it somewhere different in the schedule. I don't know whether I'd want it yeah. to be its own little place. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to know, isn't it? Um, Let's, let's hammer We're not in picks. charge, are we? So We're definitely not in charge. We can't pick where the players play and we can't pick who's motivating and who's not. So we'll just go on with what we've got. I'm going to go with Shane Lowry. I think he's going to do it at some point. So 22 to 1, Shane Lowry. Kevin Nahr at 50 to 1. Siwoo Kim or Adam Hadwin, one of those two. I think Siwoo Kim I'll always favour over the two just because I like pain and Siwoo Kim seems to be able to inflict that. <laughs> Uh, and JJ Spawn, I agree with you. 100 to 1, 8 places is is plenty big enough. And I will be playing um, probably Henrik Stenson and JT Poston top 20 finishes. I don't know what it is about Stenson that I've managed to attach myself to, but we just seem <laughs> to see it happen. And yeah, I, th- I think he can do it. So those are the picks for me, Jace, for you. Uh, Kevin Kiesner, uh Adam Hadwin, uh, JJ Spawn for the each way money, um, and. Norrin and Streelman in top somethings. Top people called Alex Norrin and <laughs> top bloke called Kevin Streelman. We can't, probably, we can't, but, have, him, you know, we can't have him in top Kevins because we've got too many of them. <laughs> they'll be they'll be somewhere in there. But yeah, I I I I'd be really disappointed if um one of those three each way doesn't not not doesn't win, but doesn't give a proper run. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I th- I think I think we've sort of identified the value of the week. I think we won't be alone in picking those players. I think they're all going to be fairly popular, but for good reason, right? Um, Corey Connors Masters hangover makes Adam Hadwin three to one for top Canadian. If that's something you're interested in, just looking through some of these side markets, I never normally pay attention to. Um, yeah, I think that's something worth playing. Top Asian Siwoo Kim sixteen to five. If Sung Jay's going to have a bit of a hangover, maybe going too far into this event that doesn't need that kind of. Uh, Kind of breaking well, down. No, but, but you see, but you say that, that those markets don't get looked at. Hmm. You know, they do at Masters, obviously, and they do everywhere else. They don't. They, I mean, just simply don't get looked at. So I, I, I've got no problem in, um, you know, in looking at those because ultimately, two to one pays two to one. Yeah. They don't get what it is. It, it makes no difference. You know, you got to pay your mortgage, and 
like like you say, you know, you might have 10, 10 players spread across win only, and by the time the winners won, you've got yourself twelve to one. Hmm. But um, you can't scream about having a you know an eighty one shot if because you paid twelve to one your money. So yeah, I, it makes it makes no difference. I was very much like because I just find it, I guess because the the the. So what I'm looking at. the attraction to golf betting is is the dream of landing triple digit winners every week, isn't it? And sixty to one and eighty to one winners, which you can't do in, you know, football and in horse racing and darts or whatever, you know. Whereas the other price is the top twenties, where it's a bit more predictive what they're going to do. They never used to excite me, and I just sort of got like five to one on Kevin Kis- uh, Kevin Nah for a top twenty last week, and eight to one for a top five on Shane Lowry last week. I know you can obviously do it each way anyway, and each way terms were very good, but yeah, I, I just I just thought that was interesting. Corey Connors plus money top twenty at Augusta. Like, yeah, that was, that was massive. Yeah, I just I think yeah. it's you know things that you just don't necessarily. I I mean I'm just talking for experience. I didn't look at. I never used to look at it. Like I know you used to. You mentioned top twenty and top tens all the time on on here and you, you do obviously your stuff for golf wrx on that and you know it's all great and i was just always focusing on things like first round leader and stuff which ironically jj spawn used to come up basically every week for but it's um yeah i, th- I think maybe a bit of a better focus on top 20s is is required for me personally so i'll probably be looking into that a little bit more um as the weeks go on unfortunately they don't seem to come out too early on a monday probably tuesday you need to look for those so Quite like, quite like the, the sorry, the top twenty doubles when, when obviously we've got the Euros. I know we got yeah. the ladies this week, but you can't really get on much on there anyway. But um, you know they're they're good. Top twenty doubles, you know, you can certainly have a go with, um, um, you know, four or five in each one. Then obviously yeah. you can get paid for every one, as well. It's not you know you're not losing money. Um, so that's quite interesting. I think we might do that. So go back to doing that four or five in each one, and uh, yeah, giving it a go with the doubles. Yeah, let's do that. Any more thoughts, Jace, on the Masters, on the season so far, looking ahead at Southern Hills, anything like that you wanted to go through on while we're here? Uh, no, not especially. <laughs> no. No, um, no the, not, not the needless but either, you know, we we'll, want we'll keep it fairly short today because, you know, a bit of a Masters hangover for all of us. But... I'd be interested to see what go, what carries on. You know, like, like you said, you know, for me, Xander was unbelievably disappointing. I mean, it's not like somebody like Bryson, who I think everyone suspected was going to bomb out. Yes. Because uh, he's got he's got a uh, unfortunately he's got some issues there now, hasn't he? Yes. Um, whether they're physical, mental, or whatever, um, it's all going a bit it's all going a bit wrong. And 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 I hope he just doesn't look at it and go, oh, guess what? I need to get bigger, yeah. to get out of it because it's not the answer. Um, and it is quite sad to see. It is a shame. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but it really is a shame. He was getting progressively worse, and now it's just gone. Um, Matt I still, again, I still can't again. work out with Bryson because he, I don't know if this is a story because it's never been kind of confirmed by anyone or corroborated by anyone, but he seems to think the injuries came from that slip and playing ping pong, didn't it, at Saudi or whatever with Sergio and whoever it was. Yeah. Like if it was just that and he's got freakishly unlucky and hurt his hand and hip, then we're all diving in saying, oh, you know, well, not yourself and not not particularly people we speak to, but a lot of Twitter were just diving in and say we knew he was going to bulk up and hurt himself. It might not even be that. Um, we don't it, know. It, it, it is, it's still one-dimensional and still works at a certain amount of places, but where it's worked has always been rewarding for him, US Opens. and The worst thing he ever said was the Masters is a par 67 to him because it just fills the column inches itself, doesn't it? So there's there's times where he doesn't help himself, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's horrible to see, really, and we, we don't want to see that carry on. But back to your point, sorry, mate. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you know, they, I thought we. Uh, um, <laughs> it was something along the lines of, um, I think we all thought that he would be disappointed for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Xander, I, I just think, is a concern. I mean, he wins all the time. It's fascinating to see what happens towards the end of the year, which is his favourite part of the year. Hmm. Uh, and now he does in the other majors. Because um, I'm a big fan of Xander, as you know. And uh, I, I think it's quite a bit of a concern. Now, I know it's one tournament and it, you know, it's, who cares? Really, in two years' time, nobody look at it. But yeah, it's a bit of a worry. A bit of a worry to me. Matt Wolf's just again—he's really another, gone, isn't he? Another shame that is. It's just yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not the biggest fan of his. To be honest with you, never have been. Always said it on here that I, you know, I don't get it. I don't like watching him play, and and I don't understand the the big Ferrari about him. But it's just a shame. I, I, look, I mean, my take is Will's Alatoris. 
will win within the next 12 tournaments. And so therefore, if he's bigger than 12 to 1, you're going to make a profit. Are, must, are you, are you of the opinion that he can just win? Because like, my opinion, like the last thing that basically got me to back him for the Masters again is that I'm not afraid to back him in anything thinking it's going to be his first win. Like There'll be a lot of people that go, I want to see him win on the PJ Tour before he wins a major. I just don't think it matters. He'll just he'll just win one week and it doesn't seem to matter who the field is, what the tournament is. I think, yeah. you know, it's just, can he piece it together for four rounds himself? Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's that's out of all of everybody that finished top 15, top 20, I think he's... Danny Willett was interesting. I thought that, you know, so I'll be... When he comes back on the European Tour, when it bothers coming back to its full status uh, or DP World Tour, then he'll be interesting coming back. But, um, yeah, for me, the takeout was... Was Zalator. It's not, not, he's not going to be a big price. He never will be um, because of his latent talent. But I think he'd be a hell of a lot shorter for quite a long time when he does win. Well, if, if like you say, he goes down the Scheffler route, Scheffler was very quickly going into 16, 18s, 20s before even he went on this run, didn't he? So there's no reason to not see why Zalatoris doesn't go down that uh, thing. Talk about Danny Willett returning to uh, St. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, he's also going to, he's also um, he's at Wentworth, isn't he as well? I think this yep. year, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I thought some of his play over the weekend was, sorry, over the week was, uh, yeah, very eye catching. I, it, it, he's nice to watch. He's good to watch. You know, yeah. comes across yeah. all right, doesn't he? Made a few quid, you know. Nice, nice watch. reminder of what someone like him achieved. I think. I think it's oh, a nice absolutely. way to put it. Not not to kind of, that sounds like a pat on the head. I think, but. Nice to see someone of his skill set step up when he did and, and take that form into a major championship and capitalise on the situation that lent himself to being able to get a win. Yeah, and he comes from Sheffield, which is one of my favourite cities in the country. So, yeah. Good good uh, Masters Champions dinner as well. Yeah. So, that's oh, yeah. Important. Yeah, thought about that. <laughs> um, I think that's everything for me, really. I think that's anything more would be um, garbled um, if this wasn't already. Um, so I, I'm happy to move on Jason we'll, we'll look ahead to next week <laughs>